0: Hey everyone, this is Josh from Solopreneur Grind, and I am here with Christian Majeso, founder and CEO of Observe. Christian, thanks for taking the time to chat today.
1: Yeah, Josh, thank you for having me on. Um, I'm I'm very glad to be here. I've been doing some research, learning about uh, what you do and uh, how you're helping uh, people, entrepreneurs, people who are starting out. Uh, people who are just earlier on in the starting of the business and I really love the work that you're doing.
0: Awesome I I really appreciate that and Christian one of the big reasons why I'm excited for this episode is that we're going to talk about something that is often overlooked it's something that you focus on it's something that I like to talk about when I can but haven't gone deep on yet but for those who haven't heard about you can you tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you're working on right now?
1: Okay. Yeah, I could do that. So, um, as Josh mentioned, uh, my name is Christian Mojaiso. Um, what I do is uh, I, I have a company called Observe. Uh, I'm the founder and CEO of this company, and the company is specifically designed to help extremely stressed people to deal with their stress. And what's really unique about how it's how I, my approach or the approach we use in the company is the fact that we work via observation. So we help people to deal with their stress by observing it for themselves. So you observe your own stress, and then you come up with a solution that is perfectly customized to fit your particular situation, as opposed to me just forcing a solution on you that might not really fit your particular situation. Right. That
0: that makes a lot of sense, and I'm excited to do a deep dive to hear more. But as we do on the, on the SG podcast first, Christian, is – get a little bit more knowledge about your background and how you got to where you are. I definitely want to come back to that because I want to learn about maybe some techniques and stuff on how I can improve uh, from day to day. But how did you start your professional career? And, and, and I'd love to kind of figure out how you got to where you are right now because it's such, a, such an important topic. But, yeah, if you, if you could talk about where you started your professional career and, and was this always something in the back of your mind?
1: Okay, so we'll start with, uh, I'll just tell you the story that led up to it. So, as I was mentioning before, the company works with, uh, I'm really concerned about human suffering. And there's a reason why I'm concerned about human suffering and helping people deal with their stress. The reason I'm so concerned is because I suffered a lot myself. Um, in particular, I mean, I, I went to college, uh, Uh, In at at a university called Harvey Mudd College uh, in the U.S., Claremont, Um, and when I went there, I was studying math, right? So I have a bachelor's degree in mathematics. Uh, So I always wanted to uh, to do math. Um, So I never really thought I'd be dealing in starting a company and working in human suffering, right? Helping people with their mental health. And and what happened was that when I was there, I mean, so I'm originally from Africa. So when I went to college uh, in in California, it was my first time uh, in the United States. And so I I suffered from a major, uh, what do you call it, culture shock. It was very difficult for me to be there. I mean, I'd watched a lot of American movies. Mm -hmm. But the big difference between watching an American movie uh, uh, what the movies portray and the reality. So for sure. Uh, yeah. So when I went to, uh, to this uh, university in the U.S., I suffered from tremendous culture shock. Everything was different. The food was different. I was also having some difficulty because uh, in Africa, most of the population is black. And this was the first time that I found myself in the minority. Right. So all of this was, was working on me and I just didn't fit in, had difficulty finding friends. Um, And basically, I mean, just to, and my grades began to slip at this school and I had so much pain as a result, because again, uh, so this particular school I went to, Harvey Mudd uh, in, uh, in, in Claremont is a school for, like it's a top engineering school in the US. So imagine you went all over the planet and you started, you picked out the best students in science and engineering, and then you brought them to one place. So everybody was a superstar from where they came, right? Mm-hmm. And when I was there, I was not one of the best students. So I was, I was actually feeling really stupid, inferior to other people. All this stuff was working on my psychology. And my grades began to slip, and I became very depressed. In fact, I was I would just lay in bed all day. I didn't want to come out of the room. Uh, I just... I mean, I, I didn't really want even to go to the dining hall to grab a meal because somehow I felt that everybody could see through me and see my mediocrity. And so all of this just led me to wonder, why the heck am I living? And so I was now pushed to the level of uh, suicide, right? In fact, I went as far as going to Google and trying to find the most efficient way to end things. And, uh, right. And the strategy I ended up, uh, the best strategy in my mind at the time was to dive, right, to jump off of the top building. So Sometimes I'd walk on the top building of the, <laughs> of the science center, the math and engineering center, building called Shanahan. That's the name of the building. So I'd climb to the top of the Shanahan building and uh, fantasize about jumping. So this, this low moment got me to really consider consider my own suffering because I was suffering tremendously I was failing in every aspect of my life right psychologically mentally physically emotionally spiritually I was just down Mm -hmm. and this is one of the places where my interest in human human suffering came from I wanted to understand my own stress and the stress of others and so this was one of the major catalysts for me starting observe because later I realized that usually any stressful situation i'm in um it's usually like uh i'm usually it's usually i mean from moment to moment it's an emotional state so anger is an emotional state fear is an emotional state sadness is an emotional state and i realize that if i observe these emotional states one thing i notice is that they never they, they are not everlasting If Mm -hmm. I sit them out and just observe them, eventually they die down and my state changes. And I began to find great solutions to my problems by just observing. So once I learned this and I saw the power of how observation could help me to deal with my stress, I felt that I have to share it with the world. And this is why I started the company Observe. Right.
0: And and how long ago was that period of time when you were walking the roof of of the shannon building
1: this was um so what year we in now 2019 uh 2013 this was in 2013. wow
0: okay so so you've definitely had some time and, and come a long way since then what was the tipping point that kind of changed your perspective on things and and gave you the idea or or changing your approach, I guess, using more of the observe approach, which I've actually heard before. So on episode 40, I had a guest, uh, a business coach, Sean Meredith, and, and he has a very similar approach to uh, really business and, and emotions and everything like that, where he says, you you don't want to think and analyze as much. You want to take a step back and observe. And, and so what you say is just so much in line with what he says and what other people say, and it makes a lot of sense. But yeah, I'm curious to know um what was that tipping point? Like, what did that moment in time look like?
1: Well, the, the moment when I switched to observation as yeah. a method. Okay, so I mean, I'll, it, I, there was no specific moment. Um, mm-hmm. It was just like a series. Uh, it was just like, it's one of those things. It's a it's a gradual change. It's kind of like the transition from being young to old. Right. There's no particular moment where you say, hey, I'm no longer a kid. I'm now old. Right. just something that happens. One day you look in the mirror and you're like, holy crap, oh, wait, can I use that mm-hmm. language? I'm not, I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that, 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 that's fine. No problem.
1: Okay, you are okay with profanity, yeah?
0: Yeah, the, the minor stuff, no problem.
1: <laughs> okay, <laughs> fine. So we'll stick to the minor stuff. Yeah. Okay. So basically, that that's kind of how it was for me. It wasn't one specific moment, but a series of small moments. So w- one of them that happened, uh, so I, I I don't know if this is a, just an issue with many males, but at least for me, I, I discovered that I have a lot of anger in me. I discovered, in fact, that I had a lot of it. So much anger. I didn't know where the heck is this anger coming from. I wasn't sure. And typically, some external event would trigger the anger. So, I mean, usually I've always been a well-controlled guy, but sometimes some things would just happen that would just blow me off the edge, right? And I'd get angry. I mean, so in my case, I didn't get physically violent, but i talk sometimes to, to people in a harsh tone. So there's once those... Uh, those uh, so currently, I'm visiting uh, I'm visiting my mother in, uh, in a place called Bunya. It's in the Congo. So... I, was, I was, there was there. Was a while back. I was talking to the maid. Um, I I don't know what happened. Either she said something, but then I just I just got really angry. Right? I didn't do anything, but I just talked to her in a really harsh way. Right? And then it occurred to me that I didn't like the way I felt. Right, this anger wasn't good. Forget about for the person, mm-hmm. right? but just for me, it wasn't good. So the idea came to me. Just let me just sit down on the sofa. So I sat down on the sofa closed my eyes to avoid distractions, and just sat down and watched this emotion, just watched everything that was happening in me. And so I watched um, like uh, the flaring up on the corner of the noses. Uh, When you you get angry sometimes at the corner of your nose, it kind of contracts or it flares up. I don't know if the description is good.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that makes sense.
1: Right. So I could feel it with my eyes closed. I could feel that my heart rate was pumping. I was watching the movement of my thoughts, right? And all of all the movements, or all the thoughts in this particular moment were about how she was wrong. She did the wrong thing. She shouldn't have done that. She shouldn't have been this way, right? And I was just demonizing her in my mind, right? But I decided to sit with it, right? A part of me is like, so there's this thought saying she shouldn't have done it and, oh, I shouldn't have said this or I should have said it this way. And then another part of me was, was kind of, Feeling guilty and criticizing me for thinking like this, so I sat down and watched all the voices, right? The blaming voice and the analyst that trying to that's trying to keep things in control, and I just felt it in my body. I could feel that actually my chest was my chest was contracting. In fact, my entire body was contracting, and uh, I actually realized I got the thought that this anger is actually killing me, and that was one one key moment. This anger is killing me. And what I realized is that I sat there, I don't know how long I sat, maybe an hour or two just watching. And eventually this anger that was so intense subsided. It, it, it subsided and calm came to me. Right. And in the future, I noticed that it doesn't matter what the emotion is. Anxiety, fear. If I sit, eventually, it never it's never everlasting. Eventually, if I just sit and observe it, eventually it leaves me and i'm able to progress and do it and now what i call as sanity returns and i'm able to behave intelligently again so it was just these kinds of events mixing up that got me to uh to come up with uh, the the observe approach as i presented in the company observe
0: right and at that or before that time and i'm also interested about since that time Have you taken part in meditation or or meditation like practices? Because in a way that sounds like what you did at the time, right? I mean, maybe not the traditional form, but to to sit, to close your eyes, to think about how you were feeling, you know, it it sounds definitely like a form of meditation. Had had you done that before, or had that, you know, has had a certain practice like meditation been part of your life?
1: Yeah, so I mean, I got into meditation just a couple, of, a couple of years ago, maybe four years, maybe, three, four, perhaps. Yeah, I got, I got into meditation. Um, obviously, I mean, I, I don't truly understand what meditation is. It's something that I'm, I'm doing. So the practice I used to have, so before it was never consistent. So the practice I used to have was just I'd sit down, uh, close my eyes for an hour, and just let whatever is happening happen, or just follow the breath. But it was never consistent. Mm -hmm. And then a couple of these events, uh, when I realized on a practical level, the value of just sitting and observing what's happening, right, Uh, that's when I became more serious. Right now, yes. So right now I spend a couple of hours every day in meditation. Right, so um, one of, okay, so whenever, right now I've got a tool that, Allows me to be like a child. Here's what I mean. I mean not like going back to the level of a child, but mm-hmm. if you have heard a child before, I mean you could do something that really annoys a child. Maybe you speak to him harshly, and the child is really sad. But then, let's say 20 minutes later, the kid is happy again, and is let go go of this uh, of the of the sadness. The sadness is gone. Whereas for us adults, you could hold on to the same sadness for a year, right? So right. This meditation, what I was doing, actually gave me a practical tool by which I can become a child so that you could do something that annoys me tremendously right now and I will feel feel the anger, but after maybe an hour or it depends on how intense it is, sometimes just a few minutes, I'll bounce back and be like a kid. And the funny thing is like I didn't really do anything. I just sat there, closed my eyes, my, my back was straight and I just let it happen. Just let whatever happened, happen. Just let it play around, feel everything. Eventually it goes away and I'm back to being sane. And this is really the backbone of the observe approach.
0: Right. Can you go into a little bit more detail on, on what that meditation looks like? And, and I'm curious to know because you said you'll, you'll do it for a few hours a day.
1: Hmm. Yes. So, I mean, I do different versions Right. So there's one I'm experimenting with right now. I cannot comment on whether it's efficient or not because it's something I it's a there's a particular type of meditation that I recently started. And there's another one I've been doing for quite a while for which I can confidently say it works. So maybe let me start with the one that that I know for sure works. And mm-hmm. that one is very simple. It's it's I'm not going to ask you to breathe in a particular way, not going to ask you to repeat a mantra, none of that stuff. It's just simple, every single day for at least an hour, sit down uh, on a chair, or just whatever is comfortable, keep the back straight. It's important to keep the back straight because when the back is straight, one is alert. So back is straight, eyes are closed. The reason for closing the eyes is to, to minimize distractions and it makes sure that your entire world is now the inner world. You're just looking within. And just sit there and let whatever happens, happens. Sometimes there's few thoughts, sometimes there's many thoughts, and just let it happen. So with that particular form of meditation, I mean, I just noticed a tremendous difference. There's no doubt that this form works. Because, I mean, and the effect of it is just the mind becomes sharper. I become able, like, uh, it makes you more sensitive. Not sensitive in the sense of oh i want to cry Mm -hmm. but sensitive in the sense that you can notice small differences nuances you get glimpses into things right so it's that one is powerful and then the new technique i've been trying for a while i mean i've done about maybe 101 repetitions of this particular technique and this one is uh, called isha kriya so it's by some uh, it was made by some mystic uh, from india some guy called Sadhguru. Mm -hmm. Sadhguru has a technique called Isha Kriya, I practice that as well but that one I haven't practiced for long to be able to vouch for whether it works or not.
0: Right and what would you say to someone like me who so I enjoy meditation I do it for about 20 minutes a day I do 10 in the morning and 10 at night what Hmm. is it about the well a few questions about that number one do you think that that's enough And the reason I ask is because if if you were doing about an hour a day, like what would you say to people who might feel like they're too busy to commit an hour a day to something like meditation?
1: I see. So, I mean, I I commit way more than an hour, but it's like three, four hours typically a day. But I never started with an hour or two hours or three hours or four hours. I started just very small. And this is, this is what I recommend. So you're saying you're doing 10 minutes a day. Oh, sorry, 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes in the evening.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's already a good beginning, right? You start small. Because I know the meditation shouldn't be an obligation, right? Meditation is not like physical exercise. I have to go to the gym for an hour every day. Right? Right. That compulsive nature is not good. Because then your relationship with meditation is going to be a forceful relationship what you want to do is to meditate willingly the way you eat willingly. You don't force yourself to eat. You just willingly eat. Right. So that's, mm-hmm. this is the same approach with meditation. So the approach I like is, I uh, comes from a, there's a Japanese principle, I think called Kaizen. I don't know if you've heard of it. So Kaizen is the idea is, is the idea of doing a little bit and then a little more and then a little more. So for instance, I mean, there was this legend I, I heard about. So it says, they said it was in ancient Japan. And so, uh, I mean, have you seen a corn plant before?
0: No, I don't, I don't think so.
1: Okay. So, I mean, Americans call it corn. With British English, they call it maize. So I, I guess I'll use maize, right? A maize plant is a corn plant. Okay. So that, that thing grows really tall, right? So, and it's, if you look at a fully grown maize plant, you wouldn't think that someone could jump over it. So there's a legend that says that the Japanese were able to leap over it. And then you'd ask, well, how did they do it? Well, when, when, when a kid was young, maybe six or seven, they'd get uh, a, a maize seed. I don't know if the story is true, but it's a fun legend. And mm-hmm. it illustrates the principle. So they get a maize seed, and then they plant it in the ground. And then they tell the kid to jump over it. Obviously, at the beginning, it's all in the ground. It's easy to jump. And every day you jump over it. Every day you jump over it. And then it starts to shoot out of the ground. And then you jump over it. And because the kid is just jumping over every day, like from the very beginning, it's a challenge the person can handle. And -hmm. then after a while, when it's grown to full height, the kid is able to leap over it without difficulty. And the idea was to start really small and then increment slowly. So in terms of what you are asking me, is 20 minutes enough? No. However... (laughs) 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 <laughs> it's not enough. However, the approach you have is good. Start with 10. Start with what you can do and then continue to increase it. Right? But, if, but what you want to do is to get to a point where, like in my case, my entire life I have never had a tool that I can use to deal with very strong emotions. Right? So I was able, I was capable of staying angry for like a week because right? I didn't have any tools for it. But when I discovered that meditation could help me to change my emotional state, nobody has to force me. I don't even schedule it. I just, whenever I feel angry, I'm like, there's only one solution. Sit down and observe it. Right. Right. And this comes from pure necessity because I know that the thing works.
0: Right. And so can we go back to, so, so you have that first, let's call it session where you sit down, you said you sat down for an hour and, and observed what was the next step from there? Like, did did things shift dramatically? Um, what what did you do in terms of school? In terms of the next step in your career?
1: Sorry, I, I didn't I didn't completely understand the question.
0: Yeah, so so when when we talked about a few minutes ago how kind of one of, one of the big. Uh, Tipping points, let's say, is when for that first time you sat down for an hour and and just started observing, you know, after you got angry at the maid and you realized you didn't like how you were feeling and and you started to understand that there might be some way to fix this. What was Mm -hmm. it that you started doing next after then?
1: Well, so obviously I became more curious, right? So, Mm -hmm. The meditation, that particular observation session, hadn't taken away the anger from me, but it had had been able to shift my state by just waiting the anger out and not trying to fight it. So, of course, nature presented me with more situations to be angry at. So I continued the process a bit. And at first, it was just a tool which I could use to change my emotional state, to one that is not angry right just a calm state however again this is the key this is the beauty of observation it doesn't matter what it is the more you observe something the more you learn about it which means that the less control that thing has over you and so if like you've never seen a car before then everything it's doing is just shocking to you loud noises the thing is moving too fast You're not even sure if it moves straight. Maybe it can turn backwards and knock you. It's it's all very scary. But the more you observe a car, you start to learn things, right? You may learn that the car moves straight. and And usually it moves forward. And so just knowing that one piece of information tells you that, look, if I'm standing on the side of the car, it's less likely to hit me instead of in front of it or behind it. Right, So just one piece of information enables you to have more control over the situation. So this is what happened with me and just observing anger. I began to observe it, and then I began new information began to come to come to me. For instance, I realized that whenever something, it wasn't just anger, whenever any event triggered a strong emotion in me, it doesn't matter what the emotion is. It could be extreme anger extreme fear it could be some sort of anxiety some sort of sadness whatever the event is that event becomes a future trigger right i mean i'd heard that before but i'd never experienced it for myself so that if let's say josh you insult me right now and i get really pissed off very angry i realize that next time i see you or hear your voice or just come into contact with anything related to you, the anger comes back again. Right. And just that one piece of information gave me tremendous control, because now I could predict. If I hear anything related to Josh, I know it's coming. I'm now going to really look, make sure it doesn't take me over. And over time, I was able to just diffuse it. And I learned all uh, all sorts of things. For instance, I learned just from pure observation, uh, the, like what happens when, uh, like the power of small repressed emotions. Let's say you say something to me that's not so. Uh, it's like I don't really like it, but it's it doesn't it's it's not too annoying for me to like lose control, right? Let's say you say something that it's like a mi- let's call it a micro insult, all right? Mm-hmm. So you, you do a micro micro insult, no big deal, and then I just wash it away. Say ah, it's no big deal, just continue. Now I'm thinking about the micro-insult, so it's growing. Next time you do another little micro-insult, ah, no big deal. And then after a while, like a week or two weeks from now, I'll just have a tremendous explosion on you for something very trivial. But it's really the fact that over time, these insults, my anger towards you has been growing. So I learned that just from observation. And then I realized instantly after making that observation... I learned that, oh, okay, this is easy. If I am feeling, if if even a small insult, a small piece of anger should be taken as serious, it should be taken seriously because it has the potential to grow into a volcano. So whenever I felt something slightly small, I'd look at it also. And then by looking at it, it would take very few minutes to diffuse it. It just dissolves. It's no longer a big deal. And then as a result, I was able to find my own way of, never having pent up emotions. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. And and so where did that, how, how does that lead into you founding Observe?
1: Mm, Okay. So, I mean, at the time I was already thinking about starting a business, right? Starting a company Mm -hmm. and I was interested in human suffering, but I didn't know exactly what angle I'm going to use. It's kind of like maybe, when you're working at the law firm at some point, you decided you want to start a business, but it might not have been immediate that it has to be solopreneur grind. It took some work before you developed the brand or the approach. Right. This this, this so so this, this is really what this experience and similar experiences helped me to do. I realized that really I want to help people to deal with their stress, to to uh, to deal with their suffering. But the approach I want to use is observation. I'd never known that it's observation that I have to use until those kinds of experiences. And then I was able to sit down and write down the observe approach. It's a document, very short document that I came up with. And basically my entire life was just training to write the document. I wrote the document, did a recording of it, and then boom, this is when the business really became concrete in my mind. And then I had to obviously work out the details
0: right yeah I, I can totally relate to that it, it definitely took some time to uh, f- I mean e- like you said even when you think you want to start a business to figure out which niche which industry and then even when you kind of pick what you want to do figuring out the branding the messaging everything like that is is so important as well did, did you always have the entrepreneurial type mindset Christian was was this something that you kind of knew or, or felt even when you were younger and in, in high school or in university or do you think that the observed type stuff brought it out of you a little bit or, or maybe both
1: yeah so definitely I was I mean I always loved starting things as a kid starting a chess club in school things like that but no no, no I was not the entrepreneur type mm-hmm. um in fact, I, I felt, I always had the feeling that business people were kind of dirty, right? Um, my views about money were not good. Right? I thought of money as kind of evil, you know?
2: Right. So and
1: part of it is just from the upbringing, right? So like uh, usually people who are rich are viewed as evil. People who have money are viewed as evil. So my relationship with money was not good, right? Until I began to address that, I realized that many of the problems I had could simply be solved with money. And also I realized that money in itself is not evil. I realized that, look, actually money only gives me possibilities. Right. Whatever I can do without money, I could maybe do it 10,000 times more with money, right? So like this guy was saying, um, uh, well, I don't know Grant Cardone, right? The the billionaire. Is it a I don't know if he's a billionaire, but that guy, uh, he was saying basically that... Uh, I know Martha, Martha Teresa did some great work, but it's like she could have done it. She could have done way more if she had like a billion dollars. So so Grant Grant Cardone is a straightforward guy, but that that was key. It it made sense to me. It's like, it's not just the heart, heart plus money. You can do way more. Once I began to shift my perspective on money and I began to realize the power of business, that business is not just about enriching myself, but it's a way, first of all, to create a lifestyle I want, but it's also the most efficient way to help people on a large scale. Once that lesson sunk into me, I was able to now apply all the skills I had gathered before and gear them towards building a business, because I also realized that one of the things I value, top of my list, is freedom. And the only thing stopping me from from gaining the freedom I wanted was money.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, and I realized, great, the business is actually gonna be a tool for that. It can give me freedom to travel anywhere, talk to anybody, work with any work with anybody, do precisely what I want, uh, not have to depend on anyone for my financial survival. Right. So when I put all the dots together, then suddenly now, yes, completely. I mean, I'm completely in love with entrepreneurship and business and, and making things happen. But it took a while. It took like 20 years minimum for me.
0: Right. Yeah. And, and I would imagine that that's pretty common amongst most of us, uh, most of us entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, everything like that. And and so, Christian, once you decided to start the business, what were some of the key uh, things that you did at the beginning to kind of get rolling or maybe another way of asking this is for other people who are out there that might want to get started, what do you recommend that they do?
1: So the biggest thing, um, and this 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 is something I didn't know when I was starting, um, was to know the difference between strategy and execution, what I call the big picture and the small picture. Think of it like a house. Okay, uh, to build a house, we need a blueprint for the house, right? That's the big picture, the blueprint, drawn on some piece of paper on a computer screen somewhere. Mm -hmm. And then there's the execution, the actual building of the house, the small picture, where are we going to put, actually putting the foundation, actually putting in the pillars, actually building the levels. Those are two different things, and they work together. I didn't know that when I began. So I just began by just execution, which meant I just, um, I mean, do, do I even recall what I was, um, I just, um, I mean, I, I don't, I, I'm trying to recall a particular example, but all I recall doing was I, I found myself performing tasks mm-hmm. without knowing or thinking about whether they were important or not.
2: Right. So for
1: instance, one of the cornerstones, of, 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 of the Observe, of Observe is the Observe approach. So I had to write down the Observe approach, the key method that we use in Observe to help extremely stressed people to deal with their stress. So this particular document, i began to write it. So I, I spent like a couple of weeks writing the document. And then when I looked at it, I realized it was all wrong. And I tried to figure out what was wrong with the, what what was wrong with the document? And it hit me that I had just started writing it without thinking about what I was writing, why I was writing it, how many chapters will it have, what is the main point of each chapter. I didn't do all of this stuff. My approach was I'll figure it out as I go along. So this right. is small picture orientation, interested in just execution. So I'm, I'm good. That's my natural bent. I'm good at that. And then I had to rewrite the whole document. So I'd wasted three weeks, because I had not taken the time to think in advance about what I was doing, why I was doing it, right? I I hadn't, I'd just gone into constructing the building without first starting with a blueprint. And the reason I did that was because I thought somehow that spending time to come up with a strategy was kind of like a waste of time, you know? Because, I mean, there's sometimes people who emphasize so much, execute, execute, start rolling, start rolling, right? Which is useful. Mm -hmm. Execution is important. But if you spend time to think beforehand and come up with a strategy beforehand, you can save yourself weeks or even years right, of misguided activity. Right? Imagine if you didn't spend the time to come up with a blueprint for the house, and then you ended up building something only to realize, oh no, the foundation was not as deep as it could have been. Now you've wasted tremendous time constructing a building, tremendous resources and the building probably has to be torn down.
2: Mm-hmm. Now
1: you're also the laughing stock of the community. Why the heck did this guy construct a building and then destroy it? You could have saved yourself so much pain, so much suffering if you'd spent the time to come up with the blueprint first and then execute upon it. So this was one lesson I learned when I got uh, after after I'd made a series a series of blunders, I realized really? right, there is um Whenever, so there is a design process. Whenever you're trying to create anything, there's a process for doing it. The first step is to figure out what I am doing and why am I doing it. Only when I'm clear about the what and the why can I now go into the details of construction. So big picture precedes the small picture.
2: Right.
1: This, was a, this was a lesson I learned through blood, sweat and tears.
0: Yeah, and, and and it's probably a common one, I, I would think as well. I can definitely relate to parts of that too. Uh Christian, so I, I wanna spend some time on what you specialize, which is which uh which is dealing with stress, because it's so I mean, you could almost say it's it, like it's just so ingrained in solopreneurship. Um what do you recommend now? Like like what what are some general tips that you would give to solopreneurs to deal with stress or prevent stress uh, or any anything like that
1: okay so the first realization is that stress does not come from the outside stress is a uh, self uh, it's self-help it's uh mm-hmm. i create my own stress right i mean they external events that I think are causing the stress, but they're not. So, oh, I don't have any money. I'm feeling stressed. So the m- lack of money is what's making me feel stressed. This is not true. If you pay a little attention, you'll realize that, no, actually, it's you who's generating the stress. What The source of stress, one layer of the root cause of stress is not being able to handle your own thoughts and emotions you are stressed i am stressed because i'm not able to handle my own thoughts thoughts and emotions that is the core nothing external causes it that's it because Mm -hmm. i mean i could have no money and think of that as a great opportunity to become more creative i could also interpret it that way but i'm also here not talking about uh, i'm not really going into interpretation either But I think interpretation also in this case is part of the the issue, right? So here's the thing. As an entrepreneur, everything that you do as an entrepreneur, as any kind of human being, everything that you do, you do with a physical body and your mind. That's it, right? So there's nothing else. Everything you do involves your mind and your physical body. So if you want to do something better, then you want to, if, so let me put it this way, um, if you upgrade your physical capabilities, you're able to do more. If you upgrade your mental capabilities, you're able to do more. That is the only way you can do more than you're doing right now. So if you're feeling stressed as an entrepreneur, it means that you do not understand your thoughts and emotions, right? Because for an entrepreneur, mostly it's thoughts and emotions. It's not so much physical, right? You're not an athlete. So really what you want to upgrade is your thoughts. You want to become better at using your mind. And the simplest thing to do is, first of all, to just spend some time learning how your mind works, not by reading a book, by looking at it, right? So the more you observe your thoughts and emotions, the the more you learn about them. Hence, the better you're able to use your mind.
0: Got it. And and do you recommend pairing that observing with with any other activities or suggestions? I mean, do do you recommend things like journaling or, or anything else that's part of what you recommend to your clients?
1: Sure. Okay. So the observe approach is a method. It involves three steps. Step one is, let's say you have a problem that is stressing you out. It could be anything. Like let's say, for instance, you're, you're a solopreneur, but you're extremely overweight. So let's just use the word fat, okay? So I'm not meaning it in an insulting way. It will just make mm-hmm. the discussion go easier. So let's say you're, you're fat, right? You, 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 you have concluded that you're fat because fat is relative. So you're fat, and this is making you feel terrible. And as a result, you're not doing the best you can as a, as a solopreneur. So this is a major problem for you. So how, how 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 do we deal with it the observe approach is simple the first step is to observe the problem which means just look at like um, okay uh, maybe let me uh, le- let me make it even more clear just just for this um let's say that you're fat and you've concluded that to to reduce your weight you need to stop overeating right
2: mm-hmm.
1: Just eat eat what's enough for you and stop overeating. But the problem is every time, every time uh, you decide that you're not gonna over, you des- you decide not to overeat. Let's say you stick to your resolution for a week and then you quit. That means you end up overeating and in fact your overeating problem becomes worse and so your weight just piles on. So the problem is now like you're overeating, right? So how that's causing you stress as a solopreneur. Let's say how do you deal with that? Okay, this is. The first step is to look at the moments when you quit. So let's look at the moment when you overate, okay? What were the thoughts that were running through your mind before you overate? How did you feel after overeating? What happened after that? What were your eating patterns after that? Just you observe and then you record the facts. The fact is just what you've observed. So in this case, it could be, I stuck to my resolution for a week, However, yesterday I I ate more than I should have, but I didn't eat so much so that it felt that I broke my resolution. The day after that, I, I ate, I over ate by a little more. And then after that, it just went out of control. I ate way too much and I just felt like a complete loser. Okay, what was the impact of that on future meals? So you write down the facts, what you observed about that. Not your judgments, just the facts. Mm-hmm. And Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So here's what I've noticed. If you observe the problem, let's say you're overeating problem, and you just record the facts of it. After you've recorded enough facts, not your judgments, not your interpretations, just what happened, I overate, by how much did I overate, just write those down. When you do that, the right course of action just comes to you. Mm -hmm. Like the mind is waiting for enough data once it has enough data the right course of action comes in and it's usually different for everybody and usually the action that comes out of it is customized to you it's like it may look bizarre to other people but it may be perfect for you it will just seem perfect because it's it came from observing and dealing with the facts of your reality right
0: right yeah that that makes a lot of sense and and I think it's the right approach because normally normally most of these problems or, or issues or stress factors can be explained by something, right? So I, I really like the idea of just kind of putting all the facts out there and being able to uh, observe it, like you said, and, and then come to a, a reasonable conclusion from there. Christian, are there any overly common issues that you see causing stress for people or common mistakes that entrepreneurs, solopreneurs tend to make?
1: All right. So this one is going to be the same for solopreneurs and just people because solopreneurs, mm. solopreneurs at the base of people first, right? Right. You must quit solopreneur later. Right. So, mm-hmm. So the most common cause of stress is this. Things are not the way I think they should be. This is it. This this is like the cause of any sort of stress you've ever experienced. For instance, you're angry at your girlfriend. I, I don't think actually. I heard some. You don't have a girlfriend, right? Uh, or
0: did, no.
1: you, did it change?
0: <laughs> well, yeah. I'm I, I'm in. I'm in I'm in some serious discussions right now. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> it's complicated.
1: It sounds like a business deal. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> okay, I have fine. a tough time distinguishing the two. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, fine. Uh, so, I mean, let's say you're, Let's say I mean your 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 mother did something you don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, anything, man. Uh, let's say. Let's say she keeps giving you unsolicited advice. Right, and that's making you angry. If you go to the root of it, you'll realize that the reason you're angry, your anger is coming from the fact that you think she should not be giving you unsolicited advice. So she's not the way you want her to be. Right? If, you, mm-hmm. if, you're, if, you're, if let's say you weigh a certain amount of, I'm going to use kilos, so I, I'm not really good with the U.S. pounds, so,
2: no
1: right, let's say you weigh, I mean, what, 100 kilos, okay, and you think, let's say that's fat. You're going to think, you think that's fat because, let's say it's it's making you feel bad that you weigh 100 kilos. If you look at it, you'll realize that you believe that you shouldn't weigh 100 kilos. If you believe that you should weigh 100 kilos, no problem. This is not a stressful situation. So, The root cause of stress for a solopreneur or just any human being is this. Things are not the way I want them to be. If things are the way I want them to be, I'm happy. If things are not the way I want them to be, I'm not happy. Which means if you can spend some time to accept things the way they are, that will reduce a tremendous chunk of your stress. Instead of saying, my mother shouldn't be giving me unsolicited advice, Just accept that my mother does give unsolicited advice. And that's okay. That's how it is. Things don't always have to be the way I want them to be. If you do that one action, much of your stress will reduce. In fact, your relationships will become better by just, Right. Yeah, this this person, this girl is not the way I want her to be.
0: At at what point, Christian, would you say that, like, what's the trade-off between accepting it for the way it is and taking action to try and change it? So, let's say, let's say with the girlfriend, um, there are certain things that are not the way you want them to be. Some of some of which you should probably just accept, right? Like certain people can't change certain things, and you obviously have to accept some people for the way they are. But what if there's, let's say, something that you consider a non-negotiable or something that really causes you a lot of disappointment or something like that? Like, At, at what point should someone not accept something that's causing them stress and actually take action to try and improve it?
1: Mm-hmm. So when it comes to this issue, um, acceptance doesn't mean not doing anything. Right. Right. It, 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 it's not the, It's not like synonymous with inaction. Not at all. You're so, honest. right. If, uh, if you accept things the way they are, it means you're looking at them the way they are. In other words, you've observed the situation and you're not trying to make it something that it's not. This only gives you further clarity, which makes you better capable to act. If you're you honest. accept... Right. If you say, look... Uh, my girlfriend shouldn't be cheating on me you've stopped you're no longer looking at accepting the fact or like you're refusing to face the reality that let's say your girlfriend cheats on you this month and then she cheats on you the next month for the entire year your girlfriend has been cheating on you at least one month that you know okay so but every time she cheats on you you say no she sh- she shouldn't cheat on me i'm angry Mm-hmm. whereas if you just accept look this is this this is the reality here's the fact she cheats every month in fact it's possible she may continue to cheat every month once you accept that fact now you can come up with a decision instead of being in complaining mode you might decide okay look i'm going it doesn't matter to me if she's cheating or not i'm, I'm going to just let it slide or you might decide okay the fact is a cheating girlfriend is a non-negotiable. I want a girlfriend who doesn't cheat. However, the reality also is that she keeps cheating on me, very likely to cheat in the future. Once you collect these two facts, it may become clear that, look, I have to quit this relationship. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I know that, yeah. that makes total sense.
1: Acceptance, awesome. Yeah, gives you more data. Right.
0: For sure. For sure and 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 then you can kind of think about it from a from a better perspective which is what you've been preaching for a lot of this episode. Christian, this has been really really helpful, really insightful stuff. Uh do, do you have one or two other suggestions maybe or or common issues that you see come up that that you can leave us with uh kind of like a final a final piece of advice or two maybe we that we haven't touched on.
1: Mm. Okay, so one of the approaches, one of the approaches, uh, part of the Observe approach, what, what, what we do at Observe is um, we don't want to tell people what to do. So mm. so what I'm going to give you is like a tip, but it's not really a piece of advice. It's more like just something that members of the solopreneur grind community could look at more deeply, which is, for many of the situations, especially situations that stress you out, you don't really need to follow someone's advice. Typically, if you observe and record enough facts, the correct, the right course of action just comes to you. Right? So you don't have to like, you don't have to sit down and think about what should I do? Just look at what is happening. If you pick up enough information about what's happening, what I should do will become clear. So I guess what I want to emphasize to the community is if you have a problem, I mean, before you go to an expert or follow someone's advice, perhaps look at it. Just take a look. I am angry right now. Let's just look at it. What happened that made me angry? Let me write down the facts of that. If you write down enough facts, naturally, what to do will become clear to you. And right. it might be very likely to be something that will surprise you, and may surprise people around you, but it will be the right, it will be the best course of action for you. But right. if you just listen to people's advice, people's advice is never based on your reality.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's such a great piece of a piece of advice, uh, especially in today's day and age, with. With all the content and, and short attention spans right it 's so easy to just have a problem and, and look elsewhere for the solution and what mm-hmm. we 're probably not doing enough of is exactly what you said taking time to ourselves, observing uh, recording you know what 's actually happening, and, and trusting yourself to figure out uh, the next steps. Christian, this has been this has been really great, and and I think really applicable for solopreneurs in many ways. So I appreciate you coming on and sharing your story and some advice. If people want to learn more about you or, or check out more of your content or or maybe get in touch, where can they find you?
1: All right, um, yeah. So this has been this has been a lot of fun, Josh. So if you want to contact me, how you contact me depends on why you're contacting me. So for instance. If you want, to, if you're making a general inquiry, or you want to suggest that I speak on a particular podcast or event, then that's just if you go to observe.host uh, on the contact on the contact page, you'll be able to just you, you can get in touch with me that way. Right? Josh will add the links to all these things. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one is suppose if you want to contact me, no sorry, if uh, the ideas I've been sharing in this podcast you like them and you want to learn more, and you want to contact me in that way, then what I recommend is just go to observe.host and click on the observe approach. This will give you instant access, free and instant access to a free but very powerful method, a very simple but very powerful method that you can use immediately to start dealing with a stressful situation in your life. And then the third way to contact me is if you're feeling extremely stressed right now and you feel that your life sucks, then for a limited time only, I'm offering a free My Life Sucks coaching session.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> nice
1: name, I think.
0: That's In quite the life... name.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In this free 40-minute coaching session, we'll get a crystal clear vision of the life you want. We'll figure out precisely what is making your life suck. And you leave the session renewed re-energized and confident in your ability to transform your own life. That will be, if you just go to observe.host and click on free coaching, uh, you can be able to contact me for that reason. But again, Josh, Josh will add the links to all those, uh, all those resources
0: for sure. Definitely. Christian, thanks again for coming on the show. This has been really cool and uh, really great to go into more detail on a topic that isn't always discussed in such detail. So thank you again for coming on the show. Really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, Josh, you're welcome. This was was a lot of fun for me. You got me to go to places that I normally don't go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. That's great to hear. Thanks again, Christian. Yep. Hey everyone, Josh here. Checking in just one last time, wanted to say thanks so much for listening to the podcast episode. I hope you got a ton of value out of it. And if you want to keep getting more of the Solopreneur Grind content, make sure to join the email list. What I do is send three emails a week with additional content such as what's going on in the background of my Solopreneur journey, insights I'm having on business, and updates when new podcast episodes like these come out as well. It's free. It always will be. The link to join is in the description of whatever podcast platform you're listening this to on. Really hope to have you on the list and continuing to share these awesome solopreneur journeys and insights with you as well. Have a great day and hope to see you soon.